Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our lesson this morning comes from Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 1 through 9. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that He may have mercy on them, and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts." Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Where's your cup is usually my first response when one of our kids says, I'm thirsty. And sometimes I ask my question out of frustration, sometimes out of genuine curiosity, and sometimes out of the fear that in three weeks I'm going to find an old milk cup in the bottom of my car that's been sitting for three weeks, that I then have to decontaminate outside before bringing inside the house. My skepticism level then creeps up a little bit more when my kids say I'm thirsty. Because are you really thirsty, or did you just see a well-placed advertisement for something to drink that we usually don't have lying around the house? Or did the cool neighbors offer you a juice box when you know you can't have your fifth juice box of the day? And that persistent question that is asked in innocence, I'm thirsty, is met with skepticism and doubt. No wonder we fail to take Isaiah seriously, the promise that all will be filled, that all will drink, and that what God promises will come to fruition when everyone is invited to come, to buy, to eat, and to drink. The speaker of Isaiah's book of prophecy is speaking to a community that's in exile, that's in a foreign land, and it seems impossible to them that they will be invited home, 
to come and to buy and to eat. They have not experienced the rich foods of their homeland, the new wine and the rich milk, nurtured and nourishing and well-suited for a festival. But the audience, who's in exile, who is lost, is called to take part in a feast, to eat which is good and to delight in the richness of food. And when the prophet makes the connection between the food that nourishes and satisfies and the Word of God, we begin to pay attention at the other times that we know that food is used for teaching and instruction in the Scriptures, when everyone hungers and thirsts. Now, the first hearers of these words were probably very needy. They were thirsty. They had no money. They were enslaved and in exile. And those metaphors might fit us well at times when we feel that we have our backs against the wall and that when we're in survival mode. But out of nowhere, the prophet Isaiah invites people to not just come and eat, but to buy. These people have no money, they have no resources, and the invitation is not just to come and eat, but it is to buy. In other words, God's not just going to take care of your spiritual need for food and nourishment, but God will take care of you as well. And the catch is only this, you cannot do it yourself. And perhaps that's the thing that begins to drive a wedge between us and the promises of Isaiah. Because we are trained and conditioned to think that we can do things our own way, and that the abundance that we have is somehow directly related to our success. And yet, the abundance of food and drink has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. Come buy, eat. And then the prophet goes on, listen and delight. These are not just invitations, but they're almost commands to rejoice in what God is doing, to dine on the gifts of food and to listen to the word that God has promised, to receive the gift of life. And the prophet is not just saying there's going to come a better day, but there's going to come a time where you will not be in need. Because the folks who have heard this message have had more of their fair share of pain and suffering, but the world that God is creating will be one in which we are able to feast upon God's Word. But it all starts with that invitation. Think of it this way. You have plans to go over to someone's house to visit, to drop off a casserole or a meal, to return a book but you're pressed for time because something else is waiting on you at the next stop. You're going to give of your time, but it's a conditional gift of time, and so you walk in ready to give the goods to your host, and they offer you a cup of coffee, and in your mind you're running through, okay, even if they have an instant Keurig machine, it's going to take time to cool and drink because I'm not going to drink hot coffee very fast, and I just don't have time for that. Same with iced tea. It's a delicacy that's not to be rushed through. You don't throw back a glass of iced tea. You sip a glass of iced tea. And when that invitation comes, you politely refuse 
and then it's nothing but water left on the table to deny your host because you've got other places to be. So you pass on the water, you pass on the tea, you pass on the coffee because you're too busy. And you've missed out not on that which quenches thirst, but that on which nourishes life. And it is the relationships that we have with one another. God's invitation to come and eat and drink might be better received if we hear them as commands to force us to sit and listen to what God is doing in our lives. Of course, there are times when you and your friend know your schedule, and the metaphor breaks down, but the invitation to consider God's drink and our presence and our busyness is there to answer our childlike impulse when we cry out, I'm thirsty. Because it's not just thirsting for something to drink, it's thirsting for relationship, it's thirsting for community. And God answers with a drink, with the invitation to buy and to eat and to listen, to take what you need, because in God there is no cost for love. But you are always invited to stay in God's presence. And maybe let God do the talking for a minute. It's hard to know what God's offering when God invites us to sit still. It's hard to know what God's offering when God invites us to drink of wine and milk and eat of bread. When we know that there is so much more than the physical needs of our life. Sometimes it's hard to know where the physical and the spiritual world meet in scriptures because we have need for both. But the spiritual food of God's word, of God's presence in our lives is of utmost importance for those of us who are not in captive and enslaved by the kingdom of Babylon. Instead, we need to know that which is good to eat versus that which is not good to eat. And we should never lose sight of that. There's a movie that's called Idiocracy by Mike Judge, the creator of Office Space and other cult movies. And it's set in the future when people have gotten dumber. And when I say they've gotten dumber, I don't mean that in any other way than what it really means. They've gotten dumber. They've traded in that which is good for that which is unnatural. They've traded in water for the power drink because, as the catchphrase goes, it's got electrolytes that plants crave. Well, plants don't crave electrolytes, but this becomes such a repetitive thing that people start drinking this power nourishment drink because they bought into the phrase. All the crops have died, and someone finally says, well, what if we give them water? Well, water doesn't have electrolytes that plants crave. And so this crazy person tries to give them water, and sure enough, plants grow because they're learning to give that which is good. And when we focus on that which is good and that which is nourishing, on that which is from God, on that which is natural, we allow ourselves the opportunity to grow. And it costs nothing for us to drink, and yet it costs Christ everything. 
Because when it comes to being saved, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to new life in Christ, those with the most material wealth are oftentimes the most spiritually poor. And while the material poor who line up outside food kitchens often have the most spiritual wealth, and sometimes we fail to meet in the middle when God is the one that is inviting everyone to the table because God is creating a new heaven and a new earth. And so this meal to which we're invited is not just a food table. It's not just a table of wine and milk and bread. It is the Lord's Supper which reminds us that all that we do, all that we offer, and all that we bring to the table is of God and for God. The bread of the Lord's Supper in many ways reminds us that it takes God to make something ordinary extraordinary. The small things that we do here when we celebrate communion in taking the bread and drinking the wine are very ordinary things, but God takes them and makes them extraordinary. The milk, the wine, the bread, the invitation are all very ordinary things that you and I can do, and yet in God's presence they are made extraordinary. But when Isaiah speaks and invites us to listen and invites us to the table, we have to realize that we bring our thirst with us. And sometimes that is the hardest part. Because here in the South, when temperatures creep up and the humidity level rises and we find ourselves sweating and moving about our day, it's instinctual to try and reach for a glass of water to hydrate ourselves. I've also heard that in the winter time, as you're moving from outside cold to inside dry heat, it's just as important to stay hydrated because you're breathing in dry air, and that's why some people get sore throats in the winter. But there are some parts of the world where the dry heat evaporates your sweat, and you forget that you are thirsty. Tourists at one of the hikes around the Grand Canyon experience this because there are signs placed every mile or so on one of the walks that say, stop, drink water. You are thirsty whether you realize it or not. And perhaps that's the way the prophet Isaiah speaks to us today when we hear, stop, drink water. You are thirsty whether you realize it or not. Stop what you are doing. Stop fighting amongst yourselves. You who are tired, you who are weak, you who are sick, you who are thirsty, you who are hungry, oppressed, manipulated, lost, naked, afraid, in debt, out of work, out of time, sick of body, sick of mind, stop and drink. Because maybe you don't know that you are thirsty. The invitation that we find to God's heavenly banquet, that we find here in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, is open to all, except for one requirement, hunger and thirst. And who among us has not ever been hungry? And who among us has not ever been thirsty? It reminds us of Jesus' words in the Beatitudes, blessed are the hungry and the thirsty because the invitation is for you. The last part of that reading of Isaiah also offers us a reminder that as we seek the Lord, we do so while the Lord can still be found. 
The invitation is to all, but we must at some point respond to return mercy to the one who gave us mercy. And we hear those familiar plans quoted by Isaiah. My plans are not your plans. How often do we think that God's plans are our plans? How often do we think that our desire to be right trumps or is more important than our desire to be loving? How many times is our desire to be right greater than our desire to be loving? How much more time do we spend imagining ways to prove ourselves correct rather than prove ourselves loving? Only repentance, only coming to the feast, only coming to the table opens us up to that relationship with God because God wills that forgiveness and peace in our lives. God wants us to make a way that all might find a place to the table. While it's in our human nature to scheme vengeance and punishment, God's plan is to envision peace. And this isn't that trite saying, it must be all part of God's plan that we throw around so callously sometimes in reference to suffering. God's plan is not for suffering. God's plan is for peace. And so when we hear the prophet say, your ways are not my ways, we are reminded that we have work to do to get on board with God's ways. And perhaps that's why Lenten practices are so powerful because they allow us to focus on that which we need versus that which we want, that which we give up versus that which we take on. The temptation, however, that we face during Lent and during our practices is to somehow think that we can be more pious or more holy than others when we take on more Scripture reading, when we take on more prayer, when we take on more service, when we take in less sweets or less drinks or less sodas, and all of a sudden we've made that contrast and compare and we've ignored the invitation that Christ gives us to come and eat. My first semester at Divinity School, we were talking about Lenten practices as it related to the ethical life of Christianity. It's a fancy way to say we were peacocking a little bit. Everyone was talking about how holy they could be and how much more reading they were going to do outside the already mounting stacks of reading until one person spoke up and said, for Lent, I'm going to bake more sweets. And those of us kind of piqued our interest a little bit and listened to what this person was saying. And she said, for all my life, food has been a crutch or an idol. It's been a way that others have manipulated me or verbally abused me. It's been a way that I've seen myself as less than. And for Lent, I'm going to heed the Lord's invitation. I'm going to bake more. I'm going to enjoy chocolate. I'm going to enjoy the things that God has given me this Lent because it's been so hard for me to do because of the relationships in my past. And all of a sudden, all of our pious posturing, all of our holy peacocking, all of our showing off for what we thought God was calling us to be as students of ministry was put to rest by a call to eat more chocolate. Come, buy, eat, all who are thirsty, 
because the gift of God is for us. Not to waste the gift, but to enjoy the giver so that the peace that we seek in this world may reflect the peace that is to come when we feast at God's heavenly banquet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we say that we celebrate 40 days of Lent, we do not include Sundays in those 40 days because every Sunday is a day of resurrection. Every Sunday is a chance for us to practice and to live out into our faith and to hear God's invitation to eat chocolate, to enjoy the things that God has given us. So as you go out into this world, go, go with the joy that Christ gives you and go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.